0: Thank you for tuning in to the Local DMV Business and Leisure Podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful day or night, depending on when you're listening. Once again, this is Lisa, uh, your host, uh, digital marketer, consultant, and strategist here you as host of the podcast. So thank you for tuning in. So once again, it's Local DMV Business and Leisure Podcast. We talk about awesome people, places, and things, and events that are happening in the DMV and also experts that may be from around the world. We like to share those stories and information with you. Uh, Also, you can follow us on social media. Uh, Local DMV Business and Leisure on Instagram, Local DMV Business and Leisure Podcast on Instagram. We're also on Facebook, Local DMV Biz, B I Z, and Leisure on Facebook as well. So please follow us on those channels. So I'm so excited to have with you, we have a two parter. We have two of the awesome leaders of the DuPont Underground are going to be here sharing their stories today and just sharing the awesomeness that is the DuPont Underground. So you say, What is the DuPont Underground? It is an arts uh, organization that's transforming. 15,000 square feet of open, abandoned space under Dupont Circle into a platform for creative exchange and contemporary arts in our vibrant city of the Washington D.C. metro area. Our, their goal is to be committed to developing a multidisciplinary platform for creative expression. They strive to reflect the city's diversity of our community, both arts and uh, artists and audience, and in, in endeavors to host projects that and work that might not be as might easily fit in more conventional venues so it's really awesome and our guest oliver clemens is from virginia beach he received his bachelor's in finance and computer science from george mason university his mba from the university of north Carolina, and his law degree from texas a&m he has worked for the dupont underground since 2016 and served as cfo and general counsel, legal counsel and took over as ceo in october 2020. oliver enjoys most working with the artists and forthcoming partnerships between uh the dupont underground and different communities in the washington dc area also you can follow uh dupont underground on instagram uh, DuPont Underground on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, um, and also and DuPont Underground on Facebook. How are you doing, Oliver? Thank you for coming.
1: Great. Hey, thank you for having me. It's so good to be here, Lisa.
0: Yes, yeah, great. And you're, you're, just, you're doing a lot of awesome. So one, well, we always have our, our favorite question to ask, Oliver. I want to put you on the spot. Are you a, a D.C. newbie or native?
1: Uh, mostly newbie. Uh, I'm not from D.C., that's for sure. I lived here for a few years before, came back uh, after leaving for a few years, I guess, as well.
0: And then as a newbie, three. Favorite things you have about DMV? Food, uh, coffee shops, stores, library that you want to share with the audience and the upcoming visitors, uh, newbies?
1: Honestly, I'm still trying to figure out the city. So I found a few good food places to eat at. As far as stuff to do, you know, I moved back here in the middle of a pandemic, everything's closed. Uh, as soon as things start opening up, I'll explore a bit more. I'll say this. When I lived here before, my favorite thing to do was go to the Botanical Gardens down here in D.C., just walk around, sit on the benches and stuff like that. It was humid. It was hot. It was nice. It was you know, all the greenery, everything else. I'm still waiting on that oven back up. And as soon as it does, you'll find me back there. And then, of course, my favorite thing to do here is go to DuPont Underground and check out the exhibitions, the events, and the shows.
0: Well, I like that. If you want to come back and give me that third, we can. But I'll take the two you gave me. <laughs> Everything that's happened in the pandemic and businesses have been in a state of change and pivoting. Could you give us a status update of where we are at? with DuPont Underground in relation to the city and in the future.
1: I'm sure that people who are listening to this podcast probably read in the newspapers about DuPont Underground lease status for the last few years. So we've already signed the lease with the city. We're good to go. We have at least another eight and a half years left on this lease. We'll be petitioning the D.C. government to actually either donate the space to us or give us a 99-year lease. Uh, within the next few years. The pandemic, I'll say this, we had to close down for about six months. We closed down in March when everything came to a head and we opened back up in September with a photography exhibition. After the first photography exhibition in September, we we did another exhibition, the Black Lives Matter movement here in D.C. and, you know, in the U.S. at large, where basically people were able to submit their own photographs, being out there on the street, marching, uh, protesting, stuff like that and it went rather well. These people, you know, everyday people, amazing photographs, you know, that were submitted to DuPont Underground. We put them all on display. People loved the exhibition. We had a lot of people, you know, donate certain things, different artistic works that kind of surround the Black Lives Matter movement. And then from there, we, we just basically been trying to do stuff that is COVID-friendly. Did some arts markets. We did some other photography exhibition. Now that the COVID pandemic is starting to let up, we're starting to do more, I guess, interactive events. Right now, we are preparing to go with a drag exhibition basically it's a photography exhibition about the history of drag we'll have live drag shows at night and then we'll also be offering at least one drag brunch in the morning on sunday morning on uh, june 13th as it stands now and we we'll base basically come in get to eat, surround yourself with some good people, and then get to see the uh, the drag shows uh, while you enjoy your meal. Nora knows a little bit more about programming, so I'll let her talk more about that, but it is an exciting time for DuPont Underground. We got some funding to basically help build out the space, put in some things that really need to go into the space like bathroom, upgraded electrical that will allow us to host more uh, like more exciting events, some other safety features and stuff in the underground as well. And definitely, you know, try to make the space as available to the public as possible.
0: Well, that's awesome. What, what do you, a CEO, imagine in terms of the customer experience as a whole for the DuPont Underground we think about, you know, post-pandemic world in the years to come?
1: You know, we are trying to basically build out the space to allow ourselves to do anything and everything. Right now, the space is a little raw. Like I said, there's no bathroom, stuff like that. So that kind of limits what we can do with the space. But as we begin to make these improvements, stuff like that, get these things done, I would imagine within a couple of years, DuPont Underground will be everything that it can be and more. I'm most excited about connecting and engaging with the community, local art exhibitions, local art. Events, stuff like that, going on. We're starting to release comedy shows into the space that will happen at least once per month, and then we are planning a haunted house here in uh, in Dupont Underground. It would be probably the only one in DC, I would imagine, for people to come and visit. So this will allow people to come into the space, do something fun. I know that the last year and some changes hasn't been very much fun for a lot of people. People haven't been able to go out. People haven't been able to do things that they normally would be able to do. Especially last Halloween, just wasn't a fuck. Uh, fun Halloween for anybody. I think that a haunted house would be a great thing for, for October. I think that a lot of these other live events and stuff that will showcase a lot of the talent here in DC will be great. People, from my understanding, what I've seen, have been very excited about these things that are happening at Dupont Underground. And I hope to deliver more in a better context for that.
0: Well, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. And we're excited. So, uh, you've, uh, the organization's had a great deal of success. And- it seems like there's a lot of exciting things happening. So naturally, Oliver, I want to know what fuels all of the success for yourself. And Laura? Well, I guess you can only really speak for yourself. Are you coffee, tea, or water first thing in the morning to help you create all of the success you're, you're doing here at the DuPont Underground?
1: I actually hate hot drinks. So I wake up with either iced tea or I wake up because my cat's screaming in my face wanting food. And that's usually what gets me up in the morning. And, you know, my, I guess my drive to make success uh, or DuPont Underground success really is just about feeding the cat because, <laughs> you know, all the the food and everything else is very, very expensive. I got to, you know, I got to earn my paycheck. He's the thing that wakes me up in the morning. I'm not a coffee, tea, water or anything else kind of guy, unfortunately, but I do like my iced tea. I do like my sodas. And I'm sure you can probably see that if you looked at me.
0: Well, I appreciate your honesty. And when I ask that question, I never know the answer I'm going to get. But I had anticipated you saying that the cat's screaming in your face. We have to now ask what's the cat's name and what cat food is he screaming about?
1: I actually have two. One's Jackson, he's the fatty. And then I got a smaller one that uh, unfortunately I didn't name her. Her name's Small Lady. I just got stuck with that name. But yeah, she's a real sweetheart. She's not usually the annoying one that wakes me up in the morning.
0: <laughs> are they, what type of food, not that we're trying to get you any brand endorsements for them, but what kind of cat food are they screaming about out of curiosity?
1: uh it's always the wet food they never eat the dry food I pay 50 bucks a bag for dry food and never eat it I got the same bag of dry food I think that I've had since I got them
0: oh gracious. well well I appreciate that you giving me a little chuckle for the day and lastly uh before we move on what can we do what can those who are listening who are excited about uh DuPont Underground how can they support is there a way to donate what, what can we what can we do to support
1: yeah so Honestly, the best way to support DuPont Underground is to come in, enjoy yourself, and see the events that we have. We do offer ticketed events now. We used to be on a uh, donation-only type deal, but unfortunately, we just weren't able to raise enough money to keep us us going. So we now have ticketed events. But the best way to support us is literally just to come out, see the space, Be sure you tag us when you're in the space and share it with your friends and stuff, whether it be on LinkedIn or Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or whatever your poison is. And really just spread the word about Dupont Underground. Right now, a lot of people don't know about the space, unfortunately. It's one of the things that, you know, Nora and I are trying to change. I would say that if you are feeling especially generous, we do have donation boxes up front. Those donation boxes, they go to help support our staff. They go to help support the event. They go to help support the artists here in the community so that we can pay the artists to come in and put their stuff on display. You only got a few bucks in your pocket. It's $5 for students. It's $5 for seniors to come and see most of the event. Please come on by. You'll see me there. You'll see Nora there. You'll see our team of volunteers there. You'll see, you know, a bunch of other people who work to make the space a living, you know, a living thing.
0: So once again, I just want to thank you, Oliver and Laura and everyone who makes the magic happen there, because it seems like it's a group of magical, caring people. that really kind of make it be all it can be and, and something that's a nice location to explore and, and just to engage with. So thank you. Thank you. All right. So on that note, we want to we want to thank Oliver for taking the time to share with us about DuPont Underground and all the awesomeness. Um, where it's been and where is it going and how we can support um, so please uh, visit donate buy those tickets so thank you so much Oliver yes. you're welcome so once again everyone thank you for tuning in to the so we're gonna have next we're going to share with Nora. Uh, have Nora come on and she's gonna share uh, a little awesome about her role and some of the other uh wonderfulness that is happening at uh, DuPont underground so once again thank you so much Oliver and I will
1: it was a you. pleasure talking with you Lisa
0: once again, we have also here, besides Oliver, who is wonderful, we have Laura Van Trostenberg. Laura um, was born in D.C. and moved, moving around a lot. She completed her undergrad in Vancouver, Canada, and a graduate degree in London, Netherlands, in art, history, and museum studies, which is very awesome. Her curatorial work is informed by collaborative and mindful practices, working closely with communities and artists being represented in exhibits. She is passionate about working with in, indigenous Communities local to the Americas, and is currently the chief operating officer at DuPont Underground. Um, so once again, if you're excited as I am to hear from Nora and Oliver, make sure to follow them on DuPont Underground on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and also there on Facebook. So I, I can ask you this question, but I think we've already answered it. Are you a DC
2: native or newbie? Um, I'm a native. I was born here, but as we mentioned earlier, I moved around a lot growing up. So. Yeah, I was born here. I lived till the age of seven in Washington and then I lived overseas for a few years and I did my high school years back in Washington.
0: You know, and maybe you could help us. We'd love to highlight for uh, listeners who are new or newbies, uh, much like Oliver, about awesome things to do in a DMV. Could you share with us uh, three of your favorite things, places to eat, whatever they may be in a DMV? Your three
2: favorites. I love to go to Busboys and Poets. Um, I personally, I know this sounds very cliche, but I love to go to the monuments at night, especially in the summer. It's one of my favorite things to do. I really like to walk along the CNO Canal. It's really fun and uh, it's always good to get some fresh air. That's great and thank you for you know, sharing. And it's not cliche, uh, every,
0: very rarely do people talk about the monuments at night, they are beautiful. You know, you're traveling and having had the pleasure of living, living and working other places. That brings us to your being at DuPont Underground. So please let us know what DuPont Underground is and where's it located because it seems a little vague for people we just want to kind of give people a sense of what it is
2: yeah no for sure um so dupont underground is a cultural arts nonprofit organization um, as lisa mentioned earlier we are transforming this old streetcar station that was built in the 1930s and abandoned in the 60s and we transformed it in 2016 into a cultural arts organization which is what we know it as today we work with local artists international artists and we try to just engage with different communities and bring be a point of intersection between them if you will the space allows for as many different types of creative expression to take place so we've had events from like live go-go events spoken word to photography exhibitions like World press photo but also like installation exhibitions the february install that we had this past february so it's just like a very diverse space and fluid space that allows for different types of creative expression
0: so just to be clear so everyone knows it's actually like if you're above ground, it looks like a sub a
2: subway station. Essentially, mm-hmm. exactly. Actually, a lot of people walk into the space thinking, "I'm looking for the metro, and <laughs> this is not it." So yeah, it's located right at Dupont Circle on 19th Dupont Circle. It's like right next to the Starbucks. That's where the main entrance is. So if you come inside, you can see the old tracks. We've covered one side of the walls with murals, and that is something that we do as ongoing. So every year, we every year we add new murals to that. And then the opposing wall is just kept white, which is where we showcase our photographs, videos using our projectors. And one quick question, is it near, just to give people a sense, what Metro stop
0: is it near? So if they're visiting and they want to jump on the Metro. and go. Oh, to the... it's,
2: uh, it's at the Dupont Circle Metro Station. Okay, well that's great. So everyone to see, it's easy to get to. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. so with that being said, could you share with us a little bit of your superhero origin stories I like to call to arriving at your carnival, great awesomeness to distort it at the front desk. And also people have found love at uh, DuPont Underground, which I think is great. People are doing great work, meeting great people and falling in love.
2: I had just moved back um, from grad school. I moved back home with my parents (laughs) and I was looking for work in museums and I just started volunteering at DuPont Underground. And this was like in December of 2019. I just started coming in on the weekends and during the week when they had their World Press photo exhibit. And then I helped out to put together the Hashtag Free DC exhibition that we did with Lancar Inc. Kind of how I just like started working at DuPont Underground. And in terms of the love story, I met my current boyfriend at DuPont Underground. And I know that we're not the only ones. Uh, there are many other couples that have met and fun stories like that. I know that I've connected with past classmates at DuPont Underground just by chance. That's been pretty fun too. So I hear the numbers are pretty
0: good. I mean, are you as good as uh, match.com or okay, keep it in terms of the relationships and volunteering. You do good and you meet good people and get married. The numbers are pretty good there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think so. So a reason a volunteer audience. So if you come to the DMV, volunteer there. They're they're better than uh, these websites, right? (laughs) So would that be, would that be, you have had the pleasure of traveling and living outside of the U.S. How does that inform your leadership in the programming that you bring to the DuPont Underground? Also, I you know, found your background in museum studies. I'm sure that really kind of shapes how you view and look at this whole experience.
2: So, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, like I grew up living outside of the United States. Um, I grew up in Latin America and then I did my undergraduate in Canada. So when you kind of live in different places, you kind of you learn how people think differently and express themselves a little bit differently. Was really great is that my undergraduate was very much focused on indigenous studies in Canada, um, in art history and museum studies. And what's been very interesting is their museum process, their curatorial process is much collaborative and very consulting based, if you will. So communities, voices are very much involved in the entire development of exhibitions or events, if you will. When I moved back here, I wanted to really keep that with me So as we do exhibitions in DuPont Underground, we have the luxury that the space is incredibly fluid. We can do so much with it. So we make sure that whenever we put on exhibitions and we're working with local artists or even international artists, that it's a very, very collaborative process. We want to make sure that the voices of the artists are not just represented, that they are at the forefront. We are just facilitators, like, you know, helping create this experience, but it's really their voices that are at the forefront of the whole thing
0: um how does taking what you know about museums bring into this space because it's is it's a slightly non-traditional environment you know which is very cool it's very different from like a smithsonian experience and and then how do you think yeah. about that experience as we think about the future of it because you know there's a lot of opportunity
2: i think that as you said like the word opportunity just brings true to dupont underground the difference between dupont underground and lots of other museum spaces is that for instance like the museum has this huge collection of archives and artifacts that they host and that they have. We don't have that. We don't have a collection, but I think that allows us to work with artists in a completely different way. So artists are, invite, are invited to take up space in our space. And that's kind of what informs us as well in our programming practices. So that's kind of how we see it. We, yes, there's a different process to how something like a museum like the Smithsonian does it, but I think that DuPont Underground has such a strong ability to kind of, you know, show a different type of exhibition, if you will, It's very experiential and very sensory, like you're completely enveloped in an experience. That's great. And it also seems like you're also able to be more
0: agile and, you know, in terms of what's happening in the world, bringing that in, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Uh, Yeah. And I, that, that also kind of goes into my next point. I want to give you kudos. I think the organization is really trying to be inclusive and welcoming and supportive environment there to do Dupont underground. And I think a number of things you've done that seems to be an ongoing effort around Black Lives Matter, uh, identifying, working with those who identify as female, identifying businesses and just the LGBTQI, a community as well. Could you share a little bit about those efforts? Because I know it's ongoing, pro- you know, you're, it's an ongoing commitment to, but just give uh, our audience a sense of your commitment, your track record around this space. So you are doing great things. And I would say, thank you.
2: Oh, no, of course. Um, I think it's museums. I think well, personally, I think exhibitions are spaces of learning. You learn so much and there is not just one specific way of learning. You can learn so many different things. And the biggest and the best impact of a museum is when someone comes in being like, hey this is something I can approach, this is something I can understand and they take a little piece of information back home with them and have conversations with people around them. And so for instance like regarding efforts related to Black Lives Matter or female identifying businesses we as Oliver said like we hosted our Rise Up Black Lives Matter photography competition and exhibition um, which was really great because I know that the co-curator of the exhibit it has really he's gotten a lot of success and it's also really helped him career-wise. A lot of doors have opened from that. I know that other photographers who participated in it, who were featured in it, also had lots of doors open up for them, which is really great. And that's the testament of what we're trying to do. We're not just trying to like showcase people in their works. We're trying to also like open more doors for them and help them connect with different people by showcasing their work. So for instance, like when it comes to female identifying businesses, we had our Fem Vend Market, which was a market entirely filled with different Fem owned businesses around DC, uh, which was really, ge- uh, really great. And we partnered with the Gaia Collective, which is a really great company, actually, where for every purchase of a Gaia box that you get, they donate a Diva Cup to um, a local DC school so that young teenage girls have access to their menstrual products. That's been really great as well. We really try to make sure that we work with as many different, as DC is filled with so many communities, we try to engage with as many as possible. So for instance, our drag exhibition this coming year in June, we're really excited for it. We've interviewed a drag king, Pretty Ricky, from the Pretty Boy uh, Drag. wow. And then we've also talked with... Uh, drag queen Shaquita Lee Mm -hmm. and which was really great is because we learned so much from them but then also like this is something where they are performing in as well during the drag shows that's great so really want to make sure that it's not just about like representing these voices but actually like you know opening doors and you know creating opportunities from these exhibitions as well
0: well, thank you. And it, it seems like you might have some upcoming things that uh, that are um, amplifying those voices and communities. Is that mm-hmm. correct as well? The drag? Is there anything yeah. else related to women? Because I think there's another women's market coming up. Is that correct?
2: Um, yeah. Like... So fem, So Vend fem is something that we're going to continue doing annually every year in March. The okay. specific date in March is going to vary, but FemVend is something that we want to continue doing. We've also had, like, for instance, in late January, we partnered with Autumn Booker who helped, who pretty much organized our Black Alchemists market. Oh, wow. And we had just many different Black-owned businesses from the DMV. And so we're just trying to create as many different types of opportunities and different types of markets as well, where we can engage with different types of businesses.
0: That's great. And so what I've also been reading about, there's rethinking the DuPont Circle area. And I think that naturally encompasses all of the awesome DuPont Underground. Could you share with us one, the rethink the DuPont Circle Competition and the implications to the DuPont Underground. You know, version 2.0, I don't know, or the 3.0, yeah. I'm not sure what version we're up to. I'm yeah. just I'm just giving numbers out, but you I think I think you get what I mean.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. Uh so the rethink DuPont circle competition is a competition that we launched uh last year, actually. So at the beginning of the pandemic, we were having a lot of conversations within our team about democracy, how our societal architecture and urban um, designs, if you will, or urban planning really influence our spaces and how we navigate them. And so what was really great is that we launched this Rethink DuPont Circle competition in August of 2020, I believe. What we asked is, we had two components to it. We asked designers and architects to rethink DuPont Circle as an urban human-centered space. The DuPont Circle hasn't seen any changes in the last 70 years. And as the founders of DuPont Underground are two architects, they were very much eager in having this type of a conversation. Oh, wow. And the second part of the competition involved rethinking our main entrance on 19th Street. Uh Um, And so, what was really great is we got, I think it was close to like 60. Um, different types of uh, proposals. It was really incredible to see what people were able to come up with. We had teams from all around the world, some many from DC, but we also got quite a few. I think we got one team from Manila. We had one team from Europe. Um, It was actually, yeah, it was quite incredible. I think there was even a team from Australia. So it was very interesting to see different people's take of DuPont Circle and what our main entrance could be and so right now what we're thinking is the entire rethinking dupont circle was an entire concept it was a very conceptual ask the build out for the main entrance we hope will be taking place very soon so when it comes to dupont underground 2.0 i think that you know within a year you guys will be able to see maybe some changes there
0: and um a quick question the actual up up above ground area that leads to dupont underground will also be is also being rethought and reimagined so it's, it's yeah, kind of a dual yeah, effort yeah.
2: yeah exactly it's the entire exterior of our main entrance on 19th street so it's really exciting the winning team is from gensler dc oh wow i think it'll be really great and um, our team is very excited about it it's you know We're really proud of this competition. I'm excited for you
0: as well. So the above ground, other part above ground, how soon will there be something new there for visitors? And not just the the DuPont Circle in general,
2: I guess. Oh, so the DuPont Circle portion of the competition was entirely conceptual. Mm -hmm. So it's an idea. It's hopefully we could see these proposals, you know, actually come to life. But right now, I know that the main focus is on building out that front entrance, and then using hopefully that proposal to maybe see if we can, you know, redo. Okay, not redo, but redesign, enhance. And so that
0: that would be more of a DC government question. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I was just excited. No, no, no. no, You're good. You're good. Um, (laughs) But yeah,
2: I think the main thing to take from it though is that you guys will be seeing a Redesign of our front entrance in terms of the Dupont Circle as a whole—that is very much um, up in the air. And okay. in the air. And, and, but it's still exciting, nonetheless. So with yeah, with, exactly. with with that being
0: uh, said, you know, of course, we love excitement. We also uh, many times those who come or live here, we definitely love the museums and the history of D.C., which is awesome. But I think what is is really cool is the Dupont Underground gives another angle on that and has its own awesomeness. I wanted to tease our friends of the podcast with three things because you can give us the inside scoop that in your mind make DuPont Underground distinct. Of course, you know, there's Smithsonian, there's Washington Monument, all these other places, but there's things that are awesome and distinct that they need to know uh, that are make DuPont Underground awesome.
2: DuPont Underground, I think, is a place of intersection. That's the kind of way I look at it. The museums do such a wonderful job of having people you know, from all around the world come and visit and they're able to represent so much. I mean, especially if you look at the American History Museum, I mean, the exhibitions they're able to create are incredible. But what DuPont Underground is able to do is it is able to appeal to a big community that I think people don't always feel that they can approach museums with. The three things that I would really think are distinct about DuPont Underground is that it's a place of intersection where people from different communities are able to come together and interact and engage with one another and otherwise they wouldn't fluid area I think that the space itself allows for so much opportunity and flexibility with the types of exhibitions we've done like from I mean we've had events from live go-go events to an exhibition like the February install to now our architecture exhibit like it's the diversity of what we're able to create is insane that I think that's the big takeaway from what DuPont Underground is and then Another thing is that DuPont Underground transforms an old space into a new one. And I think that in of itself, the act, the, the act of transformation is very integral to what DuPont Underground is.
0: Yeah, I think it's just a cool place for cool people and a lot of cool things to learn and engage with. I yeah. guess yeah, overuse is worse. words. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, did you want to say, add something else more? I'm sorry. Um, no, I think then on top of all of that people are what make it really incredible yeah yes. Um, they make it a very warm space yeah i think that that's always needed you know it's yes. always a good thing yes definitely
0: you you're making a lot of magic happen here at the dupont underground and just you know you can hear it in your voice if you care this is Something's passionate for you. Could you let us know what fuels all that success and bubbliness and to make all the magic happen? Are you? Is it coffee, <laughs> tea, water, nothing, or you know, we have heard there's screaming cats that sometimes can can fuel success, though. <laughs> well, what what do you have, more What's supporting all this awesomeness?
2: From me, I'm more of a water person in the morning. Okay, um, I'll definitely have tea. Okay, I think for me, those help me get up in the morning. I I'm not the biggest fan of coffee something that fuels your sick like your drive I think it's when you care about what you do goes from like caring about how you take care of yourself to caring about like you know where you're investing your energy I don't know I personally get really bad migraines so coffee is not the answer for me so caring about my well-being involves drinking water But I really care about this organization and the work that we're able to create from it. And I think that the work that we're doing is very significant and very exceptional in a city like Washington.
0: I will agree. So we have to go to the water. So are you putting lemon in it? Is it ice? Is it room temperature? What are we doing with the water, Nora? Let us know.
2: Oh, yes. Uh, I put lemon and mint. I also like to put berries. So if you put blueberries or strawberries, it's really nice. Yeah, mint and like I let the mint and the lemon sit overnight in like a big uh, like jug of water, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then um, in the next morning, I like to put some fruits inside, and um, I have that with a smoothie, and I'm really happy. Ooh, look, I'm. It's the power is in the follow up question. I like, there. there's more there. Nora's gonna let us
0: know. So uh, hopefully, everybody took notes. I know I'm gonna run out and get some mint later today. So thank you, Nora. Uh, (laughs) Since you shared our your secrets for water with us, where what can we catch? You guys, awesome! is going next? Give us a rundown. We'll get off the of pencil and paper. We need to also, I think, in my mind, if you have a newsletter, we need to sign up for it so we can be on the yes. inside. Of.
2: If you go on our website, you can sign up for our newsletter, which is really awesome. It comes out the first Wednesday of every month. What the thing to look out for, the thing to write down, is that next Friday we have our DC Royals, a celebration of drag exhibition with live shows. By the way opening. General admission is from 5 to 10 p.m. So from 5 to 8 is the exhibition hours. And then from 8 to 10, we have our live performances. So please reserve your tickets. If you go on our website or on our social media, you can find all the information there. Um, But that is something really to look out for. And you will definitely be able to see me there.
0: If you'll be so kind to tag our account on Instagram and we can put it in part of our stories of next, you know, next week so we can get the good word out about that. Because it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. And, yeah. and then, Nora, is there anything you want to tease uh, or just reiterate as, as, you know, we're at the half mark of the year, uh, well, almost the half mark, that'll be coming um, later in the year that we should get excited about?
2: Yes. Yeah, so in July, on July 11th, we are doing our dupont basements market with local vendors august we will be closed okay but in september we are doing our libre art festival with mm. the austrian embassy where it's a mural exchange where we're going to work with three dc artists and two austrian artists and they will be painting murals in the area and just like connecting with each other the main topic of this year's festival in Vienna, Austria, is about decolonization and racism. Wow. So we'll be following the same topic. And I think it's really cool because I love it when you see artists just from different places in the world connect and have conversations and see how things are in their different societies. Uh, so that's something to definitely need to stay tuned. As Oliver mentioned, we are doing our Haunted House in October yeah. and our World Press photo exhibition of the 2021. For the 2020 best fo- photographs um, in November. And so that will be very exciting. But if you go on our social media, you can definitely stay tuned, not just for our exhibitions, but also for our single events. Uh, we have some stuff coming up as Oliver said, also like once a month, we'll be doing comedy shows. So. You stay tuned for that and reserve your tickets. It sounds like you have a lot of excitement going on. So once again, uh, we want to thank you. And um,
0: friends of the podcast, I would say, hold on, we do have some bonus questions. So I want you to sign up for the bonus content in a minute. We have so three questions for Nora in the bonus round. So once again, we want to thank Nora um, and Oliver for all the magic they're they're doing and, and just you know really uh, coming back here, you know, after post-pandemic, weathering, all that, and now having more magic to share with visitors and, and those who are new and old to the DMB area. We thank you so much.
2: No, thank you for having us. Honestly, we really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, such a pleasure. Yeah, so we're definitely excited to share
0: this and definitely share what's happening next week. So once again, um, audience, thank you. I'm going to thank everybody uh thank uh Nora and Oliver and also for them doing the bonus round. So I'll tune in for that. So with that being said, um follow us local DMV Business and Leisure Podcast on Instagram, local DMV Biz B I Z and Leisure on Facebook. Um so once again, thank you and uh have a great day, everybody.